This week on the show, I talked to singer-songwriter Arthur Alligood about his fantastic new record, One Silver Needle. Uh, and the first ever Who Writes This Stuff presents Track by Track. Hey guys, and welcome to the show. My name is Nick Flora, coming to you as usually is the case from my house in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us uh, today. I'm taking a little bit of a different approach to uh, the podcast, as you might have already noticed. Um, this idea of a track by track discussion of an uh, is is one I've had for a while now, and the idea of I love the idea of sitting with an artist and going through an album or a release. Uh, talking a little bit about each song and uh, where the ideas come from and how it came across in the studio and how the song evolved from its original idea. A bunch of nerdy behind-the-curtain stuff that I enjoy, and I know a lot of you do too. Uh, so I was going to try this out and see what you guys thought. Um, judging for this first episode, since I've already recorded the podcast and I've listened to it, <laughs> it's really good. I think you guys will enjoy it. But uh, Arthur Alligood is not a stranger to this podcast at all. And as most of you know who listen to this show, he's a good buddy of mine and a great songwriter here in Nashville. Um, so when we discussed about doing you know, this special edition of the podcast, he jumped at the chance. And uh, we had a great talk. It was a really good time. So without further ado, here is track by track, Arthur Alligood's One Silver Needle. Arthur yeah. Alligood, back for round two, round two on the podcast. <laughs> Last we spoke on a microphone, a lot has happened to you. Uh, yeah. This has been an insane... Because this record came to be basically because you entered a songwriting contest, yeah. right? So I um, guess last year I played a ton of shows. Do what I could to get the music out there. And so a lot of it involved just playing shows and sending out for press, you know, like mm -hmm. reviews and stuff. And then I thought, you know, I've never really entered in any songwriting contests, so I'll do that. You, know? you get those emails constantly like, yeah. sign up for this thing. And yeah, this yeah, I, I get stuff like that. And then I came across this um, this contest called the Mountain Stage New Song Contest. And I entered, and it was, I entered probably in the summer of last year, and then I... I knew the finals were in New York in October, and so I just, I didn't book anything. I thought, you know, like, I just want to leave it open. Like, yeah. if if by, like, this amazing miracle I get, you know, whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. So I entered three songs, and so then I, I'm pretty sure that I got a, a message from them said, saying that I wasn't selected. Oh, wow. Okay, so I so I get this message from them that said, you've not been selected for this gig. <laughs> and then later that day, I check... And I get a I get a email from New Song from the contest, mm -hmm. and it's announcing all the final finals and everything. And my pictures there. Whoa! It was just kind of like up and down, like so. I kind of like written it off. <laughs> yeah. So then then they sent me some other emails and we're talking about specifics of the contest, and I'm like, I guess this is real, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, so I went to New York, you know. Um, I just decided, kind of in my head, I was just kind of. Okay, I entered three songs. I'm just going to kind of do what I do. You know? Yeah, that's why you're there. Yeah, that's why I'm there. Yeah, they like you. Yeah, so the way it works is you kind of, you had 12 finalists from all over 
the country. There's actually a guy from Switzerland that was there. So it's like people from across the world, which is just such an honor to be oh, there. Give it to that guy for coming. So yeah, far. <laughs> yeah, really. He's a tr- he's a good friend now. Which actually, oh, that's cool. awesome. I I didn't feel like I had anything to lose, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of lay it lay it out there. And so then you know they announce the winner, you know, and they. So you found out you won there. I found out. Oh, okay, that's there. good. But I I felt too that when I played, I'm like, okay, I really gave it my all. Yeah. I have as good a shot as anybody. That's all else. you can do, yeah. Yeah. So you, know, what, what are you gonna do? The guy from Mountain Stage um, announces my name, and I'm just like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "Come on up here, Arthur," and I'm like, <laughs> "What?" And then they asked me, you know, like, they wanted me to do an encore song. Like, I didn't even know where my guitar was. <laughs> I didn't even know. That's like, how thrown you are. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a. I so I remember that somebody brought me my guitar with up on stage, which uh-huh. is the only time that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later, and I'm, you know, back to keeping my kids and right, out, you know, and just a normal life. But it has been something that's um, it kind of changed things. It kind of put me on a new path, yeah, or a, like a more focused right direction. Because what what's the what's the grand prize? What did you win from this contest? Well, the the grand prize is to to record um, an EP with his producer uh, named Michael Blue. He was one of the judges. He's, okay. Um, he's done a lot of more poppy, like like Colby Clay and Jason Mraz and people like that. So okay. You know, that wasn't even on my radar screen. As, you know, I wasn't thinking, oh, when I when I get to record with him. Like, that wasn't, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess I'm doing a CD with this guy now. You wow. Know? Um, and so, yeah, so I... The contest was over at the end of October, and then we re- we started recording, uh, which what was supposed to be an EP, um, like three days after Christmas. So I flew out to LA and did this record, and <laughs> we were only supposed to do five songs, but I just I don't my whole thing with EPs. I just like full album. So I I got back, and then it just hit me like I've got to write songs, and so I just started writing, um, pretty much every night. Um, to like one or two in the morning and I just got on the schedule where I was doing that every night like mm-hmm. literally I could not go to sleep at 1030 so that's like when I actually got to LA I couldn't go to sleep at normal time wow. because I was so like used to like okay so I've got to go into the kitchen or the bathroom with pieces of paper and yeah. or my computer actually and write lyrics out or record a melody or something like that well, how did, uh, let me ask you this way. Did you have some sort of an idea of what this record was going to be like as far as like a theme goes? Or did you just think maybe I will just write a bunch of songs and we'll see how they fit later? Yeah. Or was there, was there, what was your ideas as going into it as a whole? I remember having this conversation with this guy. I was just in that process. Mm-hmm. I'd just come back from the contest and so I was, I was starting to write and I remember asking him, I was like, do you think that I need to like, write in a way that's kind of conducive to the producer and what he's worked with before and stuff like that. Mm. I was just having, oh, I was yeah, pondering yeah, that yeah, question yeah. like, okay, should I, should I go in with these poppy songs? Should, should I like play to his strengths? Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to hear from somebody that was like totally unbiased, not connected to me personally. And he said, man, what won you the contest? Is like what you do. He said, do what you do. You know, don't change a thing, and so it was. It was so good to hear that from someone that 
it's like not my mom or my yeah brother, exactly you know he's right and I I think the last time I talked to you on the podcast it was I was talking about examining like my upbringing and, mm-hmm. and being growing up in the south and the church and stuff like that so I I thought you know just run with this I've been looking looking find a one looking glass without a spider wind. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the songs of the of the record, which is yeah. called One Silver Needle. The The first song, It Shouldn't Be That Hard. Yeah. Where did that song come from? It's just one of the songs that I wrote late at night. I just kind of like didn't want to put any walls around myself. I kind of was just... No overthinking. Yeah, no overthinking. Just get it out there. You never know what people are going to take value in. It's one of those songs that was kind of in the shadows. Um, and then he's like, oh man, that's... Why wasn't that on the top of our list, you know? And I'm like, oh wow, oh okay. And so I, he saw some, had some vision for it that I didn't. We recorded like live, so oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I'm sitting there playing with Julie Keltner, and like they're all, we're just kind of, it's like the closest to like rocking out with legends in your garage, you know. <laughs> so, um, and I remember when we got done, Michael, you know, like just came in and was like, well. um... I've got what I got. Well, what I need if, um, do you guys just want to run it again for fun? I mean, really, literally. We did, we definitely overdubbed vocals, but everything else is just like. Really? Yeah. Um, Which is cool, you know? I mean, I've never, I hadn't recorded, ever recorded like that. That song taught me that you never know how something's going to be like, how other people are going to hear it, and how other people are going to like interpret it. Mm-hmm. And so, like a little like that, that that part, I never thought that that would be the um, the highlight of the song, mm-hmm. or what holds the song together. But it did. And so, it is every time that riff comes yeah. in, you're brought back into it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's and the I, anchor. Yeah, and I think my I think it goes back. To being like a good producer is to hearing that mm-hmm. and to know, okay, oh man, let's bring that out. Yeah, we should hear that more. And that's the hard thing with narrative songs is getting people to care about the story. Yeah, and finding themselves in it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when if they they bring their experience to it and they find themselves in the experience of the the story, uh, then you've got them. But if it's just a story and it's just like they have to deal with it, take it in. Like learn and, the facts and then discard it, and then discard <laughs> it. Then you've 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 not done your job, right? You know, and because I, I did do a lot more like narrative songwriting on this record, but I wanted to to come off in a way that that they like. Oh, I've been there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what you're going for is the the I've been there. 
We had a mind to run. Yeah. What was that song kind of, as far as content goes, reflecting? You know, growing up up in a small town. Um, I just remember getting kind of lost in the shuffle of, of life, um, especially when you get to high school. And it, there's some of the, the purest uh, memories of my own life takes place when I was a kid in the summer. And I love I love the idea of kids together in the summer because during the summer, I mean, I lived out in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee, so it was like in the summer I could go out and do whatever I wanted on land, and I did a lot of fishing and stuff. And if I wasn't there, I was at my grandparents' um, house in Georgia, mm-hmm. and it was even more of an adventure land. It was ton you know they my grandparents bailed hay and in during the summer they were farming so it's like I could do whatever I wanted I don't know so I think I came from that place of just these kids just kind of like hanging out in the summer and doing what they wanted and and, and trying to kind of like you know the, the the grass is greener idea that you want to get out you know yeah. get out like we only just get out and, and then come to the conclusion that you know really you may never leave we had to try just to shake it off all that dust across the signal line. We had to try just to find it out in this old world hidden from our eyes. We had to try. You know, I had so many friends that grow like back home, my hometown. They lived there, they went to school there. You know. They're grown. They have kids. They live there. Their kids are in the same schools. Yeah. They're going through the whole process, and there's never any of this get out. But these kids in this song, I feel like, have to kind of push those boundaries. Like, in their little ways, they have to, like, okay, we we got to get free of all this. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think in their little ways, they do. But I think it's just kind of like a... I feel like it's a very common story of you're rebellious as a teenager or whatever, you know, young adolescent, and then you get over it and you grow up and have kids. And I think that song to me is summed up in the last verse where like these kids finally try to like get out of town. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just the very, I remember as a kid trying to do this, you wanted to leave and you say, you pack your bag and do all that. Oh, yeah. And then they only get to the county line. You know, it's just like they've made their pilgrimage, they've made their, um, they're done, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not to say they're not rebellious after that. These rites of passage as kids that we, especially as boys, it seems like, that we have to do. Like we have, I don't know, push the boundaries yeah. a little. Um, well, I feel like boys, for some reason, are, are born with more of an adventurous spirit as far as outwardly. Yeah, yeah. Because girls will tend to want to build, they want to build a home, they want to build... Yeah, that's stable. the adventure. Yeah, the yeah. adventure is like we're gonna build a kitchen, we're gonna build, yeah. this, we're gonna make house. Yeah. You know, playing house was yeah, a huge yeah. part of that. But boys just want to like go and explore and dig a hole to China. Like I remember, you yeah. know, all that stuff oh, as a kid. Yeah. Now the girls and, and not, it's not a, it's a stereotype. It's not a, a fact, but it's yeah, yeah. You know, because I I definitely had both sides. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but there is more of a uh, it, boys are more prone to just get out and like get into trouble and try to yeah. just getting out. Yeah, in general. Yeah, and I think that's like the, that I think that song is just about that. Like the boys have a mind to run. Yeah, they want to get absolutely. out, absolutely, and they want to, and they have to try, even though if it's, 
it's like these little mini victories, like in the song where they get to the end and they actually go to the counting line and they just cross it. It's like this mini personal victory yeah. for them. It's like they have dug a hole to China, mm-hmm. but that you know, it's not. I did. I did what? that recently. Like I was, oh, yeah. I was in New Hampshire. Yeah, thirty miles from the Maine, from the yeah. the, the state line of Maine, and I was like, I've never been to Maine, and I just went, yeah. drove across the line, and drove drove yeah. back just to say I, I'd been to Maine. Like, yeah. why did I have to do that? Yeah, I know. it's just I feel like there is part of that nature in there, Rod. It's like that genetic was enough. or something. That was enough. Like I just had to yeah. say that I'd been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I th- I think that's uh, that's instinctual. I think that's just part of being human, mm-hmm. you know, and. I mean, think about like explorers and stuff. That's the whole premise. That's why we're here. I know. It's because somebody had a mind to run. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) That's great. I I love that. Bring my heart out. Yeah, is the third track on there. And yeah. this, when when I when I got the record, when you sent it to me before it came out, iTunes had switched all around different order, oh, and yeah. this was the first song on on yeah. there. And so I was like, this is a really interesting way to open a record. <laughs> Where did Bring My Heart Out come from? That was another one of the songs that in the you know late night, early morning that just came out. Um, Gosh, it sounds like yeah, it, does. it sounds like the the beginning beginnings of light coming yeah. through, like morning light. That song, I, th- I felt like it's just. It's really about being like shackled just by fear. Like as as humans, we're just kind of we're scared to show who we are and kind of bring it out and put it all out in the open. And uh, I don't know. It's one of the songs that I wrote. I sent, uh, put it in the Dropbox, and and they're like, oh, I love it, blah blah blah. And I, but it me for personally, I didn't know what it was about. I mm. just was following the thread. Yeah. And just going for it and and fashioning it and like. Obviously, at that you know during that process, I can relate to it. But that's the probably of all the songs on the record that I've come back to. I'm like, holy crap! I cannot believe how much of that was what I my soul was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I've had just friends and family members say, like, I feel like that's exactly what I'm going through. That's what I'm mm-hmm. wanting to say. You know that I'm. That's what I'm trying to do is bring my heart out. Love the many shadows that hang outside my door, calling through the keyhole, creeping across the floor. The whisper bears a burden that I cannot ignore. Long time. I'm gonna bring my heart out. I gotta bring my heart out to breathe. I'm gonna bring my heart out. I gotta bring my heart out to breathe. I don't know if you experience this, but I write so many times and I don't have a clue really what it's about. I feel like that it has value, and I feel like it's relatable and everything. But I, I don't connect to it as far as I can't pinpoint an experience mm-hmm. or whatever uh, that, to link it back to. 
and I don't get those links until later. Yeah. You know? It's like the song yeah. gets there before you do. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah. love that. Oh, I, I love, dude, I, that's I great. love that. And I, I feel like that, that means, you know, there's so many things we'll go through and in hindsight, like experiences yeah. we'll go through in hindsight, we'll be like, oh man, like that's so profound. I didn't realize that, you know, if, if my life was a movie, everybody would have got there before me because they're like, yeah. oh, there's that moment yeah. where the later is going to come into play. Yeah. <clears throat> and there is so, like that happens all the time where I don't yeah. know what the song is going to be but but because yeah. I just like you were saying like you're just trusting yeah. the, you know you're trusting the process and you're following these little rabbit holes yeah. and following you, if a line or a lyric or a melody or something you follow enough yeah. and you just trust that it's gonna that it's it's coming from you and it's coming from this this place of of honesty and and maybe even to a level where you won't realize till later yeah. because it takes a while to catch up. Yeah, yeah. You know your conscious mind does. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing thing. I've had songs where I was playing them live, where I was ex- trying to explain it a little bit live, yeah. and it was, yeah. I it was unveiling itself to me while it was unveiling. Uh, you yeah. know, it was like a second before I was coming out of my mouth, and it yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> because and that just that just goes to show that we are not in control. Yeah. Of really what what comes out in in a. Yeah. On a visceral level. Yeah, yeah. Later, we're like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. All that. I mean, that's that's a very yeah. deep way to think about it, but yeah. it's crazy. There's no way to explain it. Yeah. You're just like, I know. no. And you can be blown away by something, and yeah. it's not an arrogance thing that you're blown away by something, because it's almost like, I didn't even create this. I don't know yeah. where it came from. Yeah. And that, man, that's such a joy as a songwriter. <laughs> that's the best to, part. Yeah, I know. To find, <laughs> like, to, to discover and. The, yeah, yeah, and I I absolutely love what you just said. Like the 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 song gets there before you do. Totally, because that's what it feels like. You no, know, like that it, it, that it arrives and then you show up and you're like, oh, that is that's the best way to say that because you know yeah. Well, I'm a genius, so Man, you, <laughs> you have your own podcast. So it's true. They don't give these to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've asked you this before, but the the record is called One Silver Needle, yeah. which is off of the song One Silver Needle. Yeah. Was there anything specifically poignant or that stood out about that song that made you think this should be the name of a record, or was did it just kind of fit? I, I just like I like the name. I, mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I just thought that oh that'll be a cool. I like the imagery and the song. That was one I think that I had kind of in my back pocket that I've been working on, and then I just really like polished it and got it got it where it needed to be but yeah like that I don't know that's another one I've kind of like I don't know like I just that first line um, you know like that was I think I just said that one night and I just kind of went with it and then it just kind of it kind of morphed into this kind of little story song Um, but I think it's just kind of about somebody that's just kind of trying to find love Mm -hmm. like just trying to like but it's broken like we all are mm-hmm. and um, as looking for it everywhere and saying you know to that person or whoever to God or whatever you want to say like you know needing to be like put back together like and knowing that to find that love you're going to have to find somebody that's going to kind of be willing to uh, to deal with your scars there was. There I am. 
on the edge of town Wearing my clothes like the water Where's the rock down It's great. It's just got me. It has a, and the way we recorded it, like, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out, you know, but uh, this guy, Billy Hahn, um, is a drummer. He, he played on a lot of the other stuff and he played a lot of percussion. I'd never seen this. He kind of had like these, you never seen the like percussive, they kind of look like, look like toenails, kind of like, or like these little like, Oh yeah, you know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, I don't even know what they're called. They're, like they're all on a string. Yeah, they're shells or something. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? How do you even play that? Yeah, I know. Well, he had that, and then he had this method where he had this paint tray. You know, like you put uh-huh. paint in, and so he would take those and he would drop it in the paint tray. So every time it's like on the beat, yeah, he's taking those and he's putting, he's dropping them into a paint tray, and it would say it's such a cool like that's crazy, like interesting. Um, sound to it and it's and I mean almost sounds like kind of like chains in a way or something mm-hmm. but I, I, I really liked how that one turns turned out uh, just overall yeah I'm not this is uh, conscious at all but there is sort of like <clears throat> no and, and especially after knowing that you wrote all these really late at night you know early yeah. morning it, it does have that kind of feel to it but there is almost like it starts off you know in like the the earlier part of night when people are more raucous and you yeah, know, yeah you know and more like yeah just aim to be kind of reckless and you know, not not that they're out drinking or anything, but the people are like, yeah. it's the night, the night is young kind of thing. Yeah. And then it kind of goes into, especially, I feel like it's, uh, with One Silver Needle, it tends to be, and it's, I might be overthinking this, yeah, but yeah. One Silver Needle tends to be bedtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and, and then the, the going into Darkness to Light, yeah, yeah. which is one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song on the record. Okay. It's, it's like the beginning of, it's like the early morning before yeah. the sun comes up. yeah. yeah kind of feeling yeah, yeah, yeah. of like when you wake up early because you have to go you know do something I used to have to wake up early for a job at like 5am yeah. and I was annoyed but by the time I got you know caffeine in my system and sat in the car and yeah. it was still dark outside there was this feeling of like of hope like yeah, yeah. oh I'm 
I'm already starting my day before the rest of the world has. Yeah. It's kind of this exciting feeling. I feel yeah. like Darkness Light had has this. Uh, it's on the hinges of hope. I'm waiting for the morning. Waiting in the night when that sun comes over the mountain, she gonna turn this darkness to light. Now it's been a long throw since we first took to this soil. We found an itch to scratch real quick and called it war. All this fighting, it ain't nothing but a symptom of our sickness. And we still ain't found a cure. I'm waiting for the morning. Waiting. This friend and I, we have this mutual love for this um, gospel uh, writer, Washington Phillips. Mm -hmm. heard him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, back in the 20s, like, he recorded for Columbia, and he only did, like, 16 songs. But he was kind of this really obscure character, and he played this... There's different theories on the instrument he actually played. Um... Uh, but some people think it's a dulciola. It sounds like kind of like a dulcimer, but I don't. It's it's kind of like an odd sound to it. And then other people think no, he it's like a, z a zither. Uh, wow. Like yeah, so there's this whole like I've actually read like essays about like making arguments about what actual instrument is playing. Well, he's got this guy. He did this song. He was like an itinerant preacher, traveled around, and then. Um, he just kind of came on the scene, did these songs, and vanished. So he actually had a song on the Elizabethtown soundtrack. What are they doing in heaven today? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just that song is I I'm, yeah. I'm a little obsessed with that song when yeah. I first heard it because it's so haunting. Oh yeah, and I love at the beginning he's just like, "What are they doing in heaven today?" Well, I sure don't know, but I'm here to sing about it. And then he just <laughs> and then he just goes into it, yeah, and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that he's yeah. just you know. Yeah. And isn't it amazing that we live in a time now? It's so hard to wrap your mind around that something happened and we don't know every detail about it because mm -hmm. now in the with the age of social media and yeah. everything is tweeted and every everything is recorded yeah. you know and every, wikipedia has every little minutia detail you'd ever want to know about anything they're like we don't know what he's playing yeah. like that's so crazy to yeah. me yeah yeah <laughs> but it makes it even more mysterious and kind of romantic too yeah like, whoa yeah this guy did this thing and then he we don't know exactly what he did but then he vanished like yeah. that's amazing yeah he has another song where it's like uh it's called I, uh, I Was Born to Preach the Gospel and he starts it off he says I was born to preach the gospel and I sure do love my job and then he goes into the song I love those little yeah. oh, I'm gonna start doing that yeah it's, it's <laughs> great and so like I was listening I just love his music and, and just this spirit about it it's just beautiful to me and so my friend was like so I was saying you know what is this What I can't put my finger on it he's like He's like, I think you're channeling, I think you're channeling Washington Phillips. I think you're channeling that kind of, and it just like, it was like a light bulb. It was like, mm -hmm. holy crap, I think you're exactly right. 
It doesn't even have to be the rest of the song. But like, I'm gonna follow it, and if not, I can at least trace it back to that one line yeah. and start over again. Because every line kind of opens it, like depending on who in your mind is saying it, or oh, you know, yeah. <clears throat> if it's a character, if it's a narrator, if it's you, you know, yeah. like what confines could this line live in? And you yeah. get to branch off from there. It's it's it can be maddening <laughs> too, because they're like, I don't have all the I don't have the time to just chase rabbit holes. Yeah, so that's why you have to just choose one, lock in, and commit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you seen uh, the movie Tree of Life? Yes, I have. Like, a few times just us talking here has reminded me of, of that movie with, like, talking about the young kids in summer. Oh, just, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, uh, that that movie, like, did something to me where I did not expect at all. I think because I had low expectations going into it. Yeah. But I've seen it a few times, and it, it moves me as an artistic piece. But there is this beautiful element of, like, these boys you know getting into trouble and you know in this small texas town and then yeah but but it's also the we were talking about like the birth of humanity or that yeah. is is in there <clears throat> and then it's also the, the birth of this family you know like the beginnings yeah, of yeah. these brothers being born and and everything yeah. and the images in that to me speak to me it's like, breathtaking yeah i mean i mean there's that whole section which i don't even know what it's really about but it's just kind of it kind of catches you off guard um but there's just all these like images like this waterfall and all this different stuff and just to me those speak mm-hmm. as much as any of the dialogue or any of the you know like good I've never seen images this beautiful yeah you know like yeah yeah I, I really I really enjoyed that movie I, and you I, either like it or you don't yeah yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things where I don't fault anybody for hating it like yeah, there's some people yeah. who hated that movie and and that's fine it it, it is a very you know it's just a taste you know, but that movie in his movies in general, but specifically that one, has helped me understand kind of why people appreciate just art. Like people go and look oh, at yeah. like, like paintings and oh, yeah. and so they and they just can't stop looking at a painting because it's so visually stimulating and inspiring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something that reminded me of that uh, when you're talking about the circles that we're all kind of yeah. caught into. Yeah. So what's your deal with trailer with trailer parks? Uh, that's what. <laughs> Yeah. I, the, I always I forget this is coming. I always forget the name of of going back because I I call it double wide. Yeah, I, I actually should have called it double wide. I don't know why I didn't.
I feel like out of anything, there is a there is a narrative, or there's something in that song that I'm like, I don't know where this came from, but I I, I want to ask you yeah. where where this song came from because it's kind of dark. Yeah, it's really and intense. It's, it's it's really dark. Yeah, yeah. My mom, so she was always saying like, "How do you come up with this stuff, Arthur?" Like you know, like uh, just like in the most southern yeah. veil. Like, yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, I don't really don't I, I don't know how to say that. I just know how, I know how to follow it. You know, once it starts, I feel like I know how to follow it, and mm-hmm. I feel like, as far as deciphering meaning, I mean that story is definitely Flannery O'Connor esque. I mean, I I feel like it's it's definitely in that realm. I mean, some of her stories are are, sh- are short, and these horrible things happen, and and a lot of times there's no res- resolution or anything like that, and you just have to deal with the violence and the right. So I wanted, I think I wanted to do, like, the basic, to me, the narrative is it's this girl and this family, um, and she's the kind of the youngest, the last, last one. I know you've seen that with the parents. They have kids. Mm-hmm. They're a little older, and then they have the one that was a surprise. Right. And then... It maybe gets paid a little less attention to. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> they're just kind of, like, in a way, over this parenting thing, mm-hmm. and they, but then, then there's still this kid there, you know. But there was another sister. That basically the story is his parents, and then there's this youngest girl, and then there's these two brothers, and then there's this other girl, their sister, and the sister had died, and then in the song it doesn't tell you mm-hmm. how she died or whatever, but you can figure it out, you know. So, but the, the brothers are off to college kind of doing that thing, so the brothers are much older, and I picture this girl being 11, 12. So, you kind of got an empty nest scenario here, mm-hmm. but the nest is not empty. There's the So imagine, like, parents being, what do you do with it? You know, an empty nest, you figure out something else to do, but, and, and, and kind of go about your life, but then you've got this this young girl that you've still got to raise. So I think I think there's definitely an element of this girl kind of maybe gets a little neglected and she's adventurous. And, you know, the whole trailer park thing is I love the idea of put, juxtaposing, like, someone that lives in a house and maybe a prominent family mm-hmm. with down the road this guy lives in a, in a double-wide... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I mean, not to stereotype but I mean you can imagine what kind of guy lives in the double life yeah but, you know and so I think I feel like there's a link between We Had a Mind to Run and this song oh I feel interesting like, and I didn't see it till later but I, I feel like there's a link in the kind of the spirit of the rebellion there and boys do this too but sometimes like you know boys when they're young they have to be rebellious or whatever but when you're older Sometimes you see the girls that just want to be promiscuous, almost to be promiscuous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, what's going on there? You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, why are they going down that path? Like, they're chasing after boys that shouldn't be chasing after mm-hmm. just horrible guys. You know, stuff like yeah. that. And the talking to older, you know, just men and stuff. It's like, whoa, what does that come from? And you, you wonder, like, what's the impetus there? Well, you know, so I feel like it's getting inside that. My mom asked me the details, like, <laughs> what, what is this What happened, that? Arthur? Yeah, what, and I don't know, I don't really want to say. Yeah. So I'd like to get, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, especially the end, there's the end part, and something definitely happens there. I don't, I mean, I have my ideas, yeah. but I, I feel, 
Is it wrong to, as the writer, to kind of want to not say it? Houses in the as a sister smile. Clouds hung like sheets on the line. Nobody to talk about. Nobody to put up a fight. She went knocking on the door of that double wide. She went knocking on the door of that double wide. She went knocking, knocking. Fire only need one spark to fly. The fire only need one spark to fly. Yeah, a lot of these, when I was asking, I was like, you don't have to answer <laughs> anything specifically. <laughs> yeah, and this one, like, too, like, there is, you know, there's, it's just something happened, and you're like, what happened? So, yeah. but, but part of the, if you just straight up, you know, in the liner notes were like, here's the story, and this is what happened, yeah. it would lose interest about five, after five listens or so. Yeah, yeah. But there's something awesome that happens when you go back every time you hear it, and you, it's just yeah. like a, a detective going in and seeing, or like, going over the clues from a mystery again. They're like, okay. Yeah. Like what happened? You know, it, yeah. it, it never gets old because something new comes to light, or you're yeah. mulling it over again. Yeah. You're like what? What? What is this story? Yeah. Well, the, which well, is the, part of that. The, I will say that the chorus, this guy in the trailer saying, "Going back, like mm-hmm. you don't need to be around here, right. girl. You know, you're too young. Whatever. Like you mm-hmm. need to go on back to your house." And then at the end, it's like uh, he's saying that, but then it switches. To, sh- to her voice at the end saying I won't go back mm-hmm. like I'm not like and I think that, I think there's definitely there's a line that's been crossed for this girl now whatever that means for her as far as details of the story or whatever but you know like she's she's like I'm not going back like I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not going back to the empty house with the parents that are still grieving under their lost child. Right. You know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. Like, I'm going to go my own way, mm-hmm. hell or high water kind of thing. Yeah, I, th- I think that one is just kind of like, I just think that's kind of like a southern romp, mm-hmm. like, middle of the night, like, it just brings up, like, kind of like that southern gothic yeah. uh, idea where, like, these bad things happen at night by these really creepy... There's some there's something about that man, yeah. and I grew up in Southwest Arkansas, so I mean it's definitely yeah. like whenever something dark would happen or you'd hear about it the next morning or whatever, like it's something just extra creepy about because we're surrounded by woods and we're yeah. surrounded and we're surrounded yeah. by like this thick humidity, it's just like bad stuff happening at, above the creek bed, like yeah, know, it's yeah. crazy. Which to me, like I I think there's a distinction between. There's just something about the South, like I, I mean, and, and not to say that there's not that in other regions of the U.S., but what is it about, like, just the South that is just like physically mm-hmm. creepy? 
I think it's our history. Our history yeah. is more steeped in, especially in like the the deep south of of Mississippi, Louisiana. Yeah. There, there's a lot of like voodoo, a lot of like yeah. a lot of also about a, a deep spiritual connection yeah. that a lot of people in the south have. Kind of the offshoots of the occult, you know, like, yeah. the offshoots of like Christianity or like Catholicism mm-hmm. are these really weird occults and really weird. I feel like there's a lot of a deep rooted history of a lot of that, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of dark we have a lot of dark history just going going back to slave traders and 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 a lot of this stuff we brought to this country from other countries against their will if you want to get uber spiritual about it you know we we brought these other people against their will and they maybe you know there's rumors that they've cast spells and all these crazy things so all this stuff is swirling around and if you even if you're not a spiritual person that's a lot of really odd and negative and plus positive energy that's flowing around and it just creates this air yeah. and that coupled with you know that we are surrounded by marshes and trees and forests and Woods. thickets and yeah, yeah. this crate you know and there are it's very easy to become a hermit and crazy people live in there. i don't know there's something to that i yeah. think yeah all of that it's just a concoction of all of that i agree and uh you know that's why driving through the backwoods in the south can be super scary and there have yeah. been <laughs> there have yeah. been stories and movies oh, written about yeah. creepy yeah. things that happen yeah, I know. Uh, so whenever you see a target you're like oh thank goodness <laughs> yeah. you caught me in that spot I was just rolling into a bar when you turn the heat down I can't muster something why'd you go honey why'd you honey Why'd you go, honey? Why'd you, honey, let me go cold? Sorry for my cold. Wait, wait, this is another one of my favorite things just as far as putting order of things, but going back goes into Why'd You Let Me Go Cold, <laughs> which is especially playing it live is one of the most yeah. fun songs. Yeah, Because it's, uh, it's a total, like, uh, you said on stage, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of these like Hank Williams or yeah, yeah. kind of it's kind of a an homage to these old country guys yeah. who but uh, is, it was that the idea was just to it'd be fun to write a song kind of in, in the style of these these old country guys yeah well I, I wasn't even honestly thinking about that I just one morning the the line the uh, it says you caught me in that spot mm-hmm. I was just rolling into a boil I thought <laughs> damn it I love that <laughs> like yeah I have to finish that so I just kind of went with it. I literally on that song I probably wrote in 10 minutes that of, oh, of all the that. songs yeah. it was just like bam whoa um and that chorus is so it's not even really a chorus it's just that hook that the ta- the why'd tag. you go honey yeah yeah it's I, so perfect I I I wanted like I was actually making coffee you know like and then said so the wire was blowing because I was doing the french press that's where that line came from. I just was looking at it. I was like, I just love the idea of a man saying to, I was just getting into you, baby. Like, you know, kind of thing. And then you, you just walked away. And I just love that. And I thought, man, I've got a shower effect. Yeah. And I just like, and so then there's kind of the image where like, I could have burned for you, baby. You know, like yeah. the whole thing. Like, uh, I mean, I could have been like your man kind of thing. Why'd you go Why'd you go, honey? Why'd you, honey, let me 
this uh there's a couple more i love both these songs because i feel like they're very much uh well o'clockney is definitely comes yeah. from like your your history but yeah, yeah coming from the heart of me yeah if that song isn't everywhere on every show and movie yeah. in the next couple years we're working on i don't it. even know but uh <laughs> where did that song come from that's uh as another one i wrote at night and it sounds like it sounds like yeah. i could see you sitting on the bathroom floor <laughs> yeah writing this song like you'd yeah. see it yeah and i i i remember like i struggled a lot with those lyrics because i was just trying to kind of figure out is this really one that i didn't really know what it was about mm. i think I, I think looking back now I think I was uh, I think it was a way some closure for me in a past relationship um, mm. it really I mean it, I mean it doesn't get too detail oriented but there's a, there's definitely a relationship that I had years ago that always you know you have those there's just like what happened there why why did I even go through that I remember looking back or just sometimes I just think about things that happen I think Man, that was just so weird and odd how it all went down, you know? And so I think I'm, I'm bringing that. I think it was a way for me to deal with that, that certain situation. Because it's definitely not what I'm going through now. Yeah. You know, I have three kids and I'm happily married. and I mean, I don't... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was something that I felt like I had to just kind of make my peace with, you know? Hold my heart, run these scars with your helpless hands Then bury it in the cold, dark ground When I arise, when I wake from this bitter grief I'll be coming for the heart of me All the lies, the broken smiles, we lined up in a at every sign we closed our eyes we didn't want to know if some things aren't worth having some things you gotta let go Here's the guy saying like you know take my heart you know one day when I when I could heal and time has passed you know there's a little water under the bridge and all that I can, I'm going to come back and I'm going to kind of like unearth my heart and, and be mm. able to move on yeah um, and I don't know I think people everybody experiences that I've, I've noticed on iTunes just since the record's been out that's the number one song really? that people have downloaded which it I mean it makes sense I feel like I would, you know, everybody can relate to that, you know. Um, but it does, we, we originally were going to record it full band, and we actually did a version of full band. Oh, wow. And it's like more upbeat, and I just did not feel good about it. I mean, we had added all this different stuff, and it was it would have mm. been okay, but it was the last day of recording, and we were just kind of talking about it, and Michael's like, hey, just, just for, uh, you know, just to make sure we cover our bases. Just go in. Let's record it exactly how you, how you did it. So I just went in and did a guitar and did a vocal, and that I knew like as I was recording, I was like, yeah, that other version it would have it would have thrown off the record. All the lies, the broken smiles, we lined up in a row. 
Sometimes songs need to go someplace, and sometimes the where where they come from is just where they need to stay. You know? mm-hmm. O'Clockney, yeah, is is also one of my I, I love the whole record. I could say the yeah. whole thing is my favorite. Yeah. But I, I and you you talk a little bit a little bit about this on stage how yeah uh, O'Clockney is this is it a river that you visited when you were a kid? Yeah, it's a river that starts from, uh, really near where my uh, my dad's parents live, like in South Georgia. So it it, it flows it empties into the gulf so it's like you know um but it's just every time i've drove over it i don't know it's kind of like a tom sawyer huckleberry finn type you just picture yourself going down this Mm -hmm. muddy river left my heart in wishing well left o'clock ain't no prayer ain't no will turn this boy around Got me there, an old John Bow, rusty as a nail. Gonna find put out for a spell. Left that girl sound asleep and left o'clock me around. Ain't no note, ain't no reason ever gonna be found. All by now she's probably waking, wondering where I am. She don't know that I'm on In a way, it's kind of a um, homage to my family, my brother. Mm-hmm. Though it really doesn't have anything to do with that kind of stuff. I yeah. Mean, it's definitely another one of those stories, which to me it has as much minister- mystery, not ministry, <laughs> as uh, going back. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's definitely some mystery there. As far as what this guy's doing, and why is he why is he trying to get to this river, and, and what what's he dealing with, you know? Um, but I, I I knew that I could I can't tie it up. Yeah. Like, like it's done. It's like the song's talking to you, saying like, don't, don't, don't tie me up. Don't. Just, well, rivers don't yeah. don't end either, though. Yeah. They flow. So it's perfect because rivers yeah. just flow. Not by nature, they flow into larger bodies of water. Yeah. Yeah. Or other bodies of water, yeah, and so yeah. there's no real, like, beginning or end. Yeah, which I think is a kind of a beautiful imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I like that too, and I like I like the idea of someone just trying to um, get away from what they know, their love, their own life. And I mean, there's a, there's a sense of desperation in this guy. Like, it opens up, he's trying to get to this river, and then he's the second verse talks about like he's kind of left this girl and so he's just kind of cut all ties Mm -hmm. and he's just trying to get to this river and then by the end it's almost like a confessional so you're kind of got we get little tidbits of the narrative and then it's just kind of like he's kind of like almost like a prayer to this river or something you know take me old clock me down I'm a trick I'm a traitor with a heap of guilt to drown Mama said all God's children are jewels in heaven's crown. I don't know 
guy just totally giving up or is this like this big kind of like cathartic mm. journey that he's going on and I think it probably lends itself on first listen more toward that but um, and that's definitely I feel like a, a good part of writing in a character yeah. is that we get to step outside ourselves for a little bit in our crazy hectic lives and schedules and home life or whatever it is yeah, and yeah. just kind of like we get to exercise that you know, to to a certain extent, but to in a, in a safe way, I feel like you know, yeah, instead yeah. of just being erratic and crazy and running around and <clears throat> you know hurting people in the process, we can we can kind of sit still and let our mind do the wandering, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, and then we come back into it because I feel like even like going out on these little little runs of shows and stuff mm-hmm. is the semblance of <laughs> of getting out. Yeah. Is there anything I, I do want to ask? Uh, Kind of to wrap it up, is there anything overall that you wanted people to, to take away from this record? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily have a uh, overarching kind of theme or message or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing for anybody to connect with anything. So if someone connects with a song or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like for me, it kind of covers, I feel like my personality more than any time comes out. Like, I'm not just a coming for the heart of me guy. I'm yeah. So shouldn't be that hard and sometimes darkness to light yeah darkness to light and why'd you let me go cold like like my humor comes out which I feel like I never have been able to do that thus far you're right I'm not that kind of I'm not I mean I'm I can be serious but I'm like you know we're on tour we're goofing around and stuff and I can't I feel like it's been hard to get that out in a song and to be still be thoughtful and not just be stupid goofy it's just good to be able to 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 make a record I mean to make mm-hmm. a record to get it out there and then no one can take that away from you it's part of it and it's there in history and unless iTunes blows up and there's no more iTunes or you know the mm-hmm. internet's gone it's going to be there forever mm-hmm. so I and I feel that way every time I write a song or every time I put out a record that's what you're doing is you're like you're putting a stamp yeah you're stamp like or you're you're etching into the stone of history mm-hmm. like one so you know you know you're everything oh, absolutely. yeah and so so then you've got to make good work you know you, what, what's the point if you're just why well, put out something I mean if, if that's what you're doing is you're putting it into the like a timeline of history then because you're not making music for now you know because mm. people may you know you I mean, you are, and then, I mean, it's, I guess, twofold. You're making music for mm. now, and you're making music for 20 years from now, and it's up to you. Do what we love. I mean, do what we love and make, and do the best work that we can. Like, what do we have to be? Yeah. 
you know, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Golden thread and one silver needle Taking purchase Arthur Alligood's One Silver Needle, you can visit ArthurAlligood.com or pick it up at iTunes or a Arthur Alligood show near you. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. For Who Writes This Stuff, I'm Nick Flora. Go do something creative. <laughs> <laughs>